Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Shedouts Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Coridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Astrid Carter, and who else... Sophie Patterson. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Well, for anyone who doesn't visit the Shared Arts website but listens to the Shared Arts podcast, um, Sophie has teamed up with us to do a week with Sophie Patterson this week. So every day this week, we're running a different piece of content with Sophie. So we've had, it's Wednesday today, um, we've had a general sort of Q&A all about you and starting your business. We've had your interior design tips. And we've got lots more exciting content to come. Your Christmas tips, your little black book. house tour, which I'm very excited about. And your home tour. I know I can't wait for that. So that's a YouTube video. Very generously letting us all come in and have a look around your house. Looking forward to it. Before we do a podcast, I always tell our guests they need to be five times more enthusiastic as they are in their normal day to day. And you said, oh, God, we picked the worst day. I've got yes. energy. Uh, well, for a start, I'm not a morning person. I sort of peak around 12 o'clock till about four. It's a very short window. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I didn't sleep last night. So, oh, no. Yeah. Well, you're hiding it very well. Oh, thank we you. We're obviously grateful to be on a podcast then. And not, not so happy you. to be here. <laughs> no, it's actually quite good because it's a really busy day at the work and... Um, Ava's teething at the moment, so if I was at home with her, I'd be having a really tough day. So it's quite nice just to chill here and chat instead. We're going to start off talking about shopping. Sounds good. (laughs) Black Friday is behind us. I'm quite grateful. Did you take part in it? Well, I have to blame a couple of my team here. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Lou and Charlotte, who kept sending me links to things that they knew I had my eye on. So I didn't buy anything for anyone else, but I bought myself a few things. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not really a Black Friday shopper. In all honesty, it sends me into a bit of a panic. I feel quite stressed by it. I'm going to buy the wrong things. I'm going to do things I hate win. sales. I feel like all that happens when I go to sales, I see something that I've already bought full price, half price, and <laughs> yeah, then just get really so annoyed about it. So you're not a sales shopper, not a Black Friday, Cyber Monday? I'm not a mass... No, I don't really like buying clothes online on the whole because I'm so lazy, I never send them back, and then they just sit in my wardrobe and end up going to charity. And then if I go to the actual shop, I just get really claustrophobic with loads of people around me, so... I tend to avoid the sales. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Astrid, Lou? I find Black Friday so overwhelming. It mm. makes me think I need to be buying everything. Yeah. It's too far away from Christmas mm. that I feel like I'm going to do it for presents. Yeah. And I think, right, I'm just going to buy things myself. Um, but I find it too overwhelming. I didn't buy anything yeah. of interest. I find it quite overwhelming too, but I did buy these boots that I'm wearing. Oh, very cool silver um, and top top, like, You're very sort of Parisian boots. editor today, huh? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Is that the look you're going for? Always, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just a bit crazy, isn't mm. it? But I have been a bit, bit too crazy this year with my Christmas present buying. It's like, buy one Christmas present, buy one for myself. Have yeah. you done quite a lot of Christmas shopping already? Yeah, I do it quite early. And That's if so I see things throughout the year, I always buy them. Have you? Yeah. I haven't bought one Christmas present. Yeah. Sophie, have you wanted Christmas presents? Nothing, nothing. I'm when do you start? Quite often like three days before Christmas. Yeah, I am quite a Scrooge. I hate buying presents and I don't particularly... I mean, I like nice presents, but there's nothing worse than getting a present oh, you don't actually like and having to pretend. And having to write thank you letter for something that's oh, a little... Oh, you do that? No, no, you've cost me a stamp and a car wash. Yeah, <laughs> and then I've got to like bring it out every time you come around and pretend yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'll try to remember what it was that you gave exactly. me. Exactly, um, and not re-gift it back to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you care about your reputation too much to re-gift <laughs> to be fair, no, I just don't even do presents, so I don't re-gift. Um, I'm with you. We've, we've got to a stage where there 
there are so many of us and so many children that we do just do the siblings now. Yeah. Or we do one Secret Santa, so all my brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. That's good. We do one Secret Santa and spend a decent amount of money and kind of really think about what that person might like. Yeah. Which is so much better than those of crap, yeah. isn't it? So, so much better. better. You've got a big family, definitely. Anyway, so three days before, I'm going to try and be a bit more organised. Well, I'll be that, making you feel better when Christmas comes around. At least you know you're more organised than me. Thank God for Amazon. That's all I can say. And the Sherlock's Christmas gift guide, which is full of ideas. I'll be going last on it. Um, so let's talk about fashion a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrote a piece about suits recently, and we're really kind of in the era of the suit again. It was big for spring, summer. It's big for autumn, winter. What's your take on a suit? I don't tend to wear them, um, just because I feel like they look too formal for me in in my work. Um, and I love them on other people, but I have this real thing about wearing oversized clothes. I feel like I don't like oversized jackets because I think I just look bigger than I am. So everything I wear is quite sort of tailored. Um, but then I think on someone else it looks really cool when they wear that oversized slouchy suit. So maybe it's something I'll embrace, but not quite yet. Yeah. I love that sort of relaxed slouchy suit. Yeah, I think yeah. gone are the days where you know you have to wear it with, with heels and everything mm-hmm. being very kind of tight and prim. I love yeah. it like with a sneaker or with a slide and just a bit relaxed or even like with yeah. a t-shirt underneath. I love that people kind of are experimenting a bit more with tailoring and these I days. I think in the evening it can almost make more of an impact than a dress. Yeah. 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 Like if someone walks into a restaurant and they've got an amazing suit on, all yeah, the girls will notice her. I think it's the yeah, outfit so you wear to impress other girls rather than guys. Definitely. Yeah, that's so true. I think it's a really good point, Astrid, about it making a real impact in the evening, but you've got to get it right. So, yeah. you know, I think, well, like anything, you've got to get it right, haven't you? And but I think you've got to go extra glam with your hair and makeup as well. At least I would feel like I'd want to make more of an effort with my hair and makeup. As opposed to, yeah. Cause it if I was just wearing a dress, you can kind of get away with like putting your hair up in a bun or. So true. I remember I got my hair cut quite short when I was at university and I felt like I had to have like full face of makeup on yes. really girly all the time because yeah. I just felt like just such a tomboy, yeah. But I think the great thing about the suit is it is just so, we talk about things being versatile the whole time. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing more versatile than a suit yeah. really, is there? And you do feel like all powerful when you've got a suit on. Like I have had a couple of meetings where I was like, right, I'm going to push the boat out. And if you put a suit on or like you wear a jacket over your shoulder, suddenly you feel like you're all yeah. pulled together. Yeah, it's so interesting how clothing can do that and actually we just wrote quite an interesting piece on the psychology of fashion and I was talking to a friend of mine who's a speech coach and she's working with lots of kind of chief execs now and helping them deliver presentations better and and she's actually just been to see a personal shopper and I saw her the other day and I was like god you look amazing and she said you know it's really changed not just how confident I am but how people respond to me you know like you were saying just putting on that suit or putting the jacket over your shoulders or putting on a pair of heels you just carry yourself in a different way I definitely feel different in a heel I feel like everything, like your hair, if I've got a blow dry, my nails are done, my makeup's on, everything just like sort of helps together, doesn't it? In terms of your style, Mm -hmm. you do have a very sort of polished, pulled together look. Do you have any rules, anything you won't wear? What do you go for? So rules for what I wear, I think, I'd never really think about it, but it is quite formulaic. So I'll wear um, a round neck jumper with jeans at the weekend or on days like today. Um, if I'm getting really dressed up, I love a pencil skirt with a shirt or a t-shirt if it's a bit more sort of relaxed evening. And quite sort of neutral colour palette. I kind of dress like my interiors. Like sometimes I'll buy something in a shop that's clothes. And I don't know if I like it as like a piece of clothing or if I like the fabric for an interior. <laughs> I'm still trying to work that out. But Ooh, is that a curtain or yeah. a dress? Yeah, exactly. Who are your sort of go-to brands? Um, I love Cos. And actually they are the one brand that I'll buy more oversized clothes with. I, feel I was like, going to say, they're quite, yeah. Yeah, I feel like everything on the coat hanger looks a bit sort of of Dutch lesbian, but then you try it up, so <laughs> you feel like a slightly more high fashion version of yourself. I love Zara, like everyone does. And what about higher end brands? 
higher end, I don't buy a lot of designer clothes, to be honest. I'll buy like designer coats, so I've got um, Max Mara coats, and I'll buy you know designer shoes and designer bags, but all my clothes tend to be a lot more affordable. Like this is White Company, these are Adriano Goldschmidt, I think. But I don't really like to spend a lot of money. I'm quite, I'm not tight when it comes to clothes, but I can't really get that excited about it. So I'd rather buy a really nice bag instead. Yeah, and then get my you. outfit from Zara. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's talk about being the boss mm -hmm. and whether it's okay to disagree with your boss. Yeah, I love that article because uh, it was a real insight for me as a boss, thinking what it's like for my staff if they ever dis disagree with me. And to be honest, I respect them when they disagree with me. I think it's all about how you put your ideas across. In the same way, if I disagree with them, I wouldn't necessarily say it in front of everyone else in the team. Yeah, I thought that was um, a good point. Don't yeah. do it in public. Yeah, um, I think as long as they sort of come to me with a valid reason why they think it's a bad idea or why they disagree, what they would do instead, and if they're happy to follow through, because I think that's the most important thing. Like, if you're gonna say something's not right, you've also gotta be prepared to make it right. Right. So I don't just want to hear problems, I want to hear solutions as well. That's a very valid point. Yeah. Lou, Astrid, what do you think? I completely agree with that. I think it's, you know, no one wants to have someone that just agrees with everything they say because mm. I don't think you get diversity. Mm. You know, I think it's really interesting to see other takes on a situation and how someone else would develop it. Not necessarily to say that's what you do, but I think it's good to kind of consider all possibilities yeah. Um, yeah. within a team. I totally agree, especially like the nature of what we do, because we create content that's mm. seen by so many people, mm. I think. You do need to kind of have opinions from all different areas. Yeah, it can't just be one person's yeah. voice, yeah. otherwise it's not relatable. And I think in what I do, you know, we, when we design a, a room, I showed you when you came to the office, we'll put the trays out on the main uh, meeting desk and we'll have them there for two weeks before we show the client. And I always tell the team, if there's something you don't like, tell me, because we make tweaks in those two weeks and it always gets better for having made those tweaks. And does that happen? Because I imagine you're, you've got a real sort of aesthetic that is yeah. very Sophie Bassett interiors. Mm -hmm. Does that, are they very on brand with you in the first place? Yes. So ultimately it is just tweaking stuff within yeah. the scope of Sophie Patterson's. Look. Yeah, definitely. I think anyone that, I think when you're working in a creative business, you'd want to feel like what you're producing reflects your own taste to some degree. Obviously we always have to channel that into what the client wants, um, but we all like similar styles. I feel like things are constantly evolving. So if they put something together that I don't like, you know, I'll always tell them again, like a diplomatic way and vice versa and I feel like that's what keeps us current and keeps us progressing and keeps everything as good as it possibly can be. Yeah, I think you need to be pushing and Definitely. you need to be pushed. I mean don't get me wrong like ultimately like I sign off on everything if I don't like it and we disagree it's we're going to go with my opinion yeah. but um, I like the fact that they have we have that conversation and we improve. And things. I would like to think I'm the same I think <laughs> something you know I think it's important if you're a leader to be challenged mm. and I think that's really healthy and I think everyone in the team here has good taste mm. and is on brand mm. but ultimately you're not all going to think the same no. there's always going to be subjectivity especially if it is creative or if it is visual that is subjective mm. that's going to be different yeah. for every single person yeah. Yeah. And so there's not really a kind of a right or a wrong answer with a lot mm. of the things that we do it's not like it's maths and it's right or wrong yeah. you know yeah. it's going to vary on different taste levels or different days or different moods or anything like that so um, I think it's interesting yeah, I, I mean, there are definitely times when I dig my husband. Astrid and I have, um, <laughs> we have the odd debate sometimes, don't we? I feel like people sometimes in this office don't speak up oh, as much. Like, and I know that they're thinking something else, yeah. whether it's you or to me. But you know whatever. that I want them to. Yeah, exactly. I think, why are you just standing there, like, nodding your nodding head? head. Yeah. Like, I, know. I know what you're thinking. But it must be quite intimidating because you've got an open plan office and 25 staff. Like, you've got to be a pretty confident person to be like, by the way, Georgie, I don't agree with what you're saying. Oh, we're quite a relaxed. Yeah. 
business yeah. and, and we're quite a friendly business. It's always like those kind of disagreements are about content. So it, it's stuff that should be discussed. If it was something like it's not personal, personal, yeah. then that, that should be like yeah. in a separate place. Yeah. Astrid and, and I have definitely had moments when, <laughs> when I said to Astrid, this is just a debate, by the way. And debate's really healthy and I think it's really good that we don't agree because yeah. Astrid and I are very different people mm. and we have very different outlooks on things. But I think that's I think it's that's really a healthy. Really yeah, important definitely. thing. I don't want everyone that's identical to me. No. And you want to take that, take kind of skills and, and assets from different members of the team and then bring that together and into like you one might pool. Just clone yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to have. We yeah. had one really, I was thinking in my head, should I share this or not? But I'll overshare and tell you. My team are going to kill me for this. <laughs> um, we had one scenario actually where we really disagreed. And, um, and it was just after I'd come back from maternity leave. So I think, you know, I'd not been as much in the office as I had previously. And it was um, a master bedroom for a project that we're installing um, in the next six weeks. And I had put one scheme together and um, some of my designers had put another scheme together. And we both loved our schemes. And you sometimes, you know, you put your heart and soul into it. So you really do believe in what you've done. And we just couldn't agree. And I said, you know what? We've done all the work. Why don't we show the client the two options and let them choose and we'll <gasps> present to them? But obviously, in the back of my head, I was like, oh my God, what if they don't choose mine? And choose they choose. They chose mine. Go for that. You can sleep oh, alone. Yes, I was very smug. <laughs> Well, I think disagreeing with your boss is a really important thing. And I would yeah. say I definitely have more respect for people that work in this business mm. that don't agree with me all the time. The interview process. Are you a tough interviewer? I we wrote a piece on 12 tricky interview questions and how to nail them. I've got one horrible mm. question I always ask. What's yours? Mine is, Astrid knows exactly what I'm going to say. Is it myriad of reasons or myriad reasons? That's actually not the one I thought you were going to say. Mm. That's all I would say. I actually had a bit of a debate, shall we say, with a very um, bright friend over dinner one night, and he is far brighter than I am, and he was right. And I said it was myriad of reasons. I oh, said I myriad. I said myriad of reasons is correct, and he said myriad reasons is correct. You're wrong. Actually, they're both right, but myriad reasons is the kind of is if you're going to be really old school grammatically correct, you say myriad reasons. Mm. And I now always, if I'm testing a journalist. It's a really good test. I and mean, really bright everyone one that's listening to this is going to actually think, what even is myriad reasons? I know. I've given it away then. <laughs> what were you going to say I always ask? The iPhone one, or your laptop. If your laptop breaks, or if your iPhone breaks, what would you do? Oh, yeah. I do ask that. That's, good that's a good question. The right answer is good Google way. it, not take it to the shop. Yeah. That really plays into a millennial. I think that's a real difference yeah. between. I would have thought the answer to that was like, how would you live your life without computers <laughs> and technology? <laughs> die, die. No, like, just like die what would you do? Like, would you read more or things like that? Not how do you actually fix it? Yeah. It's Yeah. <laughs> well, that would have that been okay. That would have been, you know, thinking on the spot. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm a real like, oh, panic, something's broken. Who do I ring? Yeah. You can fix it for me. Whereas I think there's a, a sort of generation now who have grown up with technology so at their fingertips and I'm kind of almost in that but not quite where mm. they'll just solve the problem and occasionally I do google it and I'm like yeah. done it yes yeah. well done yeah. that. I, I think as well out. like you can get quite lazy I've got really like efficient people around me and I've got people that are great at IT so every time something goes wrong I'm just like oh my god I'm nodding my head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so really I don't even try anymore and I feel like I'm so used to sort of that stuff I have to like become more self-efficient self-sufficient because if something goes wrong at the weekend and I've got other people no one around me I know I'm and you do feel really proud of yourself when yeah. you fix it yourself you've worked yeah. it out and you've done I'm also really terrified of like becoming what my mum's like. Like my mum will phone me up and be like, "My oh iPhone's so weird." Yes. Like she's literally scared of the details. Darling, how do yeah. I attach something? And like, mm. it's the most and painful conversation. Yeah. I just don't want to become that. Like so, I always make sure that I'm kind of yeah. 
at least on the periphery of the digital age or whatever you want yeah. to comment. Yeah, no, well, I think you're pretty good. So, Sophie, interview questions, I've given you mine. Anyone listening now knows exactly what they need <laughs> yeah. to I know, I'm kind of like in two minds about whether to say what mine are, but I always thought I was quite a tough interviewer. I do, do a couple you know of those what? questions. I would say, if they, know, if they find out what your question is, mm -hmm. they've seriously bloody well done their research yes. and find out what yes. podcast they're yes. on. They've bothered to listen this far into a podcast, yeah, so they really true. want the job. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not looking to recruit stalkers or anything, so I feel like there's true, a balance. True. Like, I've had people come to the office before that literally, and I do share a lot about myself, so I guess that's my own doing, but they've literally known everything about me and it's, it's been a bit too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always thought I was a tough interviewer and then I read those questions um, in that article and I thought, oh my God, like, I'm missing a trick here. It's not my game. Yeah. So I've actually, I've screenshotted it and I'm going to, because I'm recruiting next year, so I'm going to keep those questions in mind. And what's your, what's your demon question? Um, I don't think it's one question necessarily. I think it's the fact that um, when I interview, I interview with my two senior designers because I, it's important to me, like where we're quite a small team of six, that everyone gels with everyone. So if I was to go away and interview them by myself, I might like them, but they'd have a different perspective. So I think it's quite intimidating for anyone that comes to us for an interview, the fact there's three of us, yes. and we're interviewing in an open plan office, and although everyone's typing away their keyboard, they are listening in. So um, if they hold their own, then yeah. they've, they've got a bit of backbone yeah. and you're interested. And I think just, you know, I interview for quite a long time, um, and I interview like 23 people and I do it all in one week. So you really get a feel, like instantly some people stand out and some people just aren't the right fan. When it comes to fragrance, mm -hmm. Joe Malone London is always first on everyone's yes. list. I love the packaging. Oh, don't we all? And we've recently done a bit of work with Joe Malone. And in fact, we interviewed you yes. for a piece we were running on the 12 Joe Malone products that industry insiders mm -hmm. swear by. And it was a really nice piece. <laughs> you said pomegranate noir, Diffuser, the perfect oh, yeah. combination of pomegranate, pink pepper, and spicy woods. This cult diffuser is my go-to. The black sticks are perennially chic, and the scent is never overpowering. So we interviewed you and the beauty editor of Vogue and Dolly Alderton from the High Low, Poppy Delavine. Anyway, it was a really nice piece. Mm -hmm. We've just done a video with Joe Malone on their unsung heroes because I think a lot of people just buy the same things, don't yeah. they? Every year. I'm definitely guilty of that. I, I either buy lime and basil or pomegranate. Hey, you've gone for literally the two <laughs> yeah. best sellers, but yeah. God, they're so they're good. They're so good, aren't they? they? Are there any other Joe Malone products that you swear by? To be honest, I'd be happy with anything. I think they make great Christmas presents. Um, but I love the big, is it the three wick candle oh. that comes with a silver lid? I love that. They're amazing. If someone buys me that as a present, I'm always happy. You're very happy. <laughs> and I'm a big diffuser fan. Are yes, you? Definitely. Especially now I've got Ava, I don't like burning candles because I feel like I'm so distracted and if I forget about it, it's just a bit of a fire hazard. So I have them everywhere. Um, so I've got a mix of different ones around the house. And it's quite nice if you have them in different rooms, you don't get immune to the smell, like you can if it's the same everywhere. I used to really be against diffusers because I just hated the way that they looked. Yeah. And then one of my friends had one and it smelled so incredible. I was like, hey, maybe I'm going to try this. They're so powerful diffusers. Yeah. And they make one. great home accessories as well. Like we'll use really big ones on a coffee yeah. table and then group little accessories around it. Oh, but so that, that, was my, that was my next question. Yeah. I know you're big on accessories yeah. when you dress a room. Oh yeah, we hemorrhage accessories. Yeah, and actually when we went to Holiday House, which we'll talk about later, we walked into a couple of the rooms and I think it was the bathroom. Mm. One of the bathrooms looks really great. I said, oh, if you took all these accessories out, this bathroom would do nothing yeah. for me. And I know you're, you know, you've got that amazing, what do you call it? The shop the shelf. The shop shelf, yeah. Which is full of amazing accessories. Yeah. But how much are fragrances and fragrance brands sort of part of your accessories mix when you finish a project? So important, actually. And it was interesting when we did Holiday House, we always do diffusers and candles in our clients' homes. And 
often they have their own preferred brand they want to do themselves but if they ask us to do a turnkey project we'll do it because before you've seen anything the smell hits you and it gives you that sort of luxury feel and environment and when we were doing the holiday house um, Laura Hammett one of the other interior designers she um, completed her room I loved her room it was gorgeous I love her work she completed her room before we were one of the last rooms to install because we had so much more to do I remember walking in I actually snuck into Laura Hammett's room I had a big sign saying don't come in but I was too nosy (laughs) (laughs) and and literally as soon as you opened it she had um, some diffusers in there I thought oh my god this is so important like we've completely overlooked this so then we ended up ringing all our suppliers and saying who wants to give us some diffusers to make sure that our room would smell nice because it's so important mm. and they look great I think they do look great when there's a bit of a gate and a something mm. else then yeah. Um, yeah they look quite nice I think too. like that's the one area that I would definitely I think it is quite important that you get something that looks nice because you can get those really cheap nasty ones you get from the supermarket and if you're going to use those you're going to have to hide them behind a photo frame or something yeah I think the black more. sticks are yeah. really nice yeah. I also love the Tom Dixon the mm. sort of black jar with a piece of colon. Have you seen oh, those? Yeah, that's really I've got cool. one of those in my bathroom. Mm. I think you'd like those because they're dark as well. And are there any other home fragrance brands that um, you love, or you know, Aesop or you know, brands Aesop that you always I love. Put in? I always use Aesop for soap. Um, we use a lot of Colty diffusers, but I'm quite annoyed with them because they've changed their bottles. They were glass, and now they've become plastic, and it just doesn't feel as nice. And I don't love their fragrances as much as I love Joe Malone, but we use them because they're the really tall. You might see them in our pictures. Which brand is um, this? Colty. They sell it at John Lewis. Oh. Um, really tall diffusers and they had like a really nice elegant art deco shape so we use those quite a lot um, but I'm, I'm on the look for a new one so we might go to a few trade shows so if you're listening you might have a bit yeah, of get in touch yeah get in touch with sophie according to recent statistics the average british woman snacks twice a day commonly eating crisps nuts or popcorn Ugh, guilty seven times a week but lots of nutritionists people like amelia freer jasmine hemsley all the people that we think talk real sense suggest we should be ditching snacks in favor of three meals mm. a day are you a snacker I'm not. Only the only time I snack is when I'm on holiday and I get bored and I do boredom eating. Um, but during the week, I just don't have time. I barely squeeze in lunch, so I haven't got time for snacks. And actually, we've just implemented this um, new regime in my office where, because if they have sweets or chocolate in the office, I can't help it. I will eat it. And we get sent a lot of stuff from suppliers. So we contacted all our suppliers and said, at Christmas, don't send us cakes, don't send us chocolate. You can Your still team send- must be furious. <laughs> no, but wait, wait, there's an incentive for them. Um, so we don't eat, and I'm sure they all cheat and just don't tell me about it, but we don't eat food, like junk food in the office from Monday to Friday, and then they get to leave early on a Friday. But the deal was if one person eats junk in the office, None of us go home early. But somehow... Oh, God, we, we, that would be... Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't the they just sneak out on their lunch they break do, and have a quick mask Open their bottom drawer and yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. No, but I actually go and raid all their drawers. If I'm like in the office late at night, I know which ones have junk and I just try to Love it! Yeah. What about you two? Are you big snackers? I'm a big snacker. I actually got sent a screenshot of this from one of my friends. So, oh, did uh-oh. you? Um, because, yeah, I, I eat little and often. Oh, I've not seen you snacking. Yeah, I'm a big What do you big snack snacker. on? Anything like almonds, fruit, crisps. You're a healthy snacker though. Yeah. Almonds are good though. I feel like that doesn't count. Yeah, but then, but it, it's still snacking. Because yeah, actually, in theory, you're doing more harm to your body if your body's never allowed to get hungry. Mm. Um, I think it's something to do with your hormone levels and things. So mm. actually, you, your body does need periods of time where I think that makes sense. But then I read food. also on your website about these people that recommend skipping breakfast, and I feel like that just makes my body stressed, and oh, then I end up yeah. eating something really unhealthy. I I think that depends on the person, but for me, that just doesn't work. No, I mean it doesn't work for me either. Aston we were saying no. we'd be on the floor having no. passed yeah. out I get so ratty 10 o'clock I mean I, I just I would honestly faint Same. I'm just the worst but there is quite a lot of yeah. proof that 
fasting in your day or only eating for eight hours of the day. Yeah, anyway, we got in real trouble when we talked about that on a podcast. Really? Someone said, surely, Sherlock, you're not condoning skipping meals. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's different for every person. I, I, that's the first thing I think of as soon as I wake up in the morning. My boyfriend says I pole vault out of bed to go and have breakfast. <laughs> um, I, can't, I generally could not imagine it. But for some people, if they never have, they're just used to just eating lunch. Mm. Or I think it's just, yeah. yeah, everyone's different. I didn't used to snack as much. Before I worked here, like really? now my chocolate habit is out of control. That's the problem. If you're surrounded by your chocolate, we have a lot of chocolate addicts. Then, and when you just pop into the kitchen, and there's like something there's new something that's just there. been delivered. Yeah. Like today, we're getting festive sandwiches sent in. I know, I'm quite excited about what that. You, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. you guys are always getting sent food. I need to get in on this action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't be allowed it. Well, healthy things would be good. I hate yeah. cooking, so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Yeah. Well, four ways to break the snacking habit are eating fat for breakfast. I won't bang on about my peanut butter love again, but that's definitely I've got a good, in the I've got a great recipe for you then, because this is what I have every breakfast, is paleo pancakes, which has four eggs, two bananas, and two spoons of nut butter. Ooh. You blend it together, and it tastes just like a really naughty pancake. Oh. Yeah. Four eggs? Four eggs. And I, I don't eat that people. all myself. For th- well, for me, my husband, and Ava. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I quite like the sound It's quite filling. Um, try sugar-free, so Lou, you're on the right lines. Think protein and fat and start slowly. Start with trying a three-hour gap between meals. I think a snack. Look, I think ultimately three meals and a couple of snacks is one yeah, thing. And you if you're just constantly, constantly yeah. Yeah. And you can't classify all snacks the same. Like almonds, I think that is a healthy thing. Do you work out, Sophie? You're very trim. Thanks. What's your secret? Um, Banning um, anything nice to eat. Yeah. Banning anything <laughs> nice. Um, actually, I put on quite a bit of weight. When I'm busy at work, I put on weight because I just get lazy. I end up like eating loads of takeaway. Delivery comes daily. Um, and then about to where the office or home both really what for dinner dinner lunch I'm just I'll go through phases where I'm like a complete domestic goddess and you'll notice me Instagramming it and I want everyone to know yeah I'm sure you I see you cooking Sunday lunch but if I'm not Instagramming it it's not happening (laughs) literally it's like a handful of times a year but I'm going through a phase right now where I'm being a domestic goddess I'm literally I've bought a slow cooker so I'm doing Slow roast, lots of stews, lots oh, of soups. Slow cooked meat is like the only way it's to the eat if you And it's me. so easy and it looks like you've made loads of effort, but you literally bung it in the morning before you go to work and then it's done when you come home. So can you bung in a bit of lamb? Yeah. I hate lamb unless it's slow cooked. Slow cooked lamb is so good. Slow cooked lamb mm-hmm. is so good. Put some tzatziki and pomegranate. And I put um, cinnamon, loads of herbs and some dried, I want to say figs, but they weren't figs, something like that. Anyway, it just gives it a little sweetness. It's amazing. And you put that in the slow cooker, mm-hmm. turn it on and you leave it for how many hours? Um, I think I leave it for about eight hours. Really? That yeah. long? That's what I like. You can't fuck it up either. Because yeah. that's my problem with meat is I always overcook it. Yeah. I, I basically don't know what I'm doing. So I like mm. the sort of foolproof <laughs> approach. That's why I'm going to make a soup. You can't overcook yeah. it. So yeah. you just keep cooking it until you blitz it. <laughs> 
Um, I quite like the idea of a slow cooker. Yeah, I think they're great. And just doing home cooking, I've lost a bit of weight, and then I've taken up Pilates as well. Mm. Um, so I, I do that twice a week. And actually, everyone that I know, I've got a client who is an amazing Pilates teacher, and she's got the best body. She's had four sons, and she's got the body of a 20 year old. Oh, really? um, and I always look at people that do Pilates and think, you've got the type of figure that I want. So I thought, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And I've only been doing it for about six months, but you can see, like, after I had Ava, like, I'd lost my waist, and it's all sort of coming back. And, and it's relaxing as well. It's like yeah. the one time I switch off. Do you mat Pilates or Reformer? Reformer. Yeah, that's yeah. Reformer Pilates is amazing. It's incredible. I find, yeah, I, I'm not a mat Pilates person, yeah. but I did Reformer after I had Otto. And yeah. it's, it's incredible. Serene, again, who was on our podcast last week, was saying that, what is it, ten, after 10 Pilates sessions, you notice a change. And then by 30 sessions, basically, of Pilates. Mm your body's transformed, yeah. that's what she said. But this was a really interesting piece. It was the 15 mistakes you're making in your gym class. So Tor took yoga, she took hit, she took bar, she took running, she took spin, and said these are the mistakes you might be making. So hit, for example, which applies to me, going too heavy with the weights. Mm. I always thought you had to go the heaviest you could possibly do. Um, oh, I never do. I'm always like, can I have a lighter one, please? I always think you've got to really feel it. But she said if it's too heavy, it'll lead to bad technique. Yeah. And yeah. then you get onto so true. And sometimes when I lift weights, like a bar, yeah. I start to arch my back. Yeah. Whereas if I was one down. So yeah. that's kind of reminded me I thought that was quite good. Not working hard enough. I mean, when you do hit, if you are not absolutely on death's door by the end of it, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. And then there was spinning. So this was Rianne Stevenson, who's the CEO of Cycle, which I loved, and she said, not putting your resistance high enough. I remember the first time I went to a spinning class, twisting the dial, but not twisting it properly. And I was like, whoa, this is really easy. What are they all fussing about? I'm so fit. And then I went to a class a week later and was on a different bike and did the dial, and I was like, fuck, okay, I had that completely wrong. And the other one she said is using your phone. I mean, who goes spinning and uses yeah. their phone? Mm. I've never had anything so ridiculous in my life. I mean, it's my idea of how spinning. I've done two classes and I just can't oh, really, I come to term. No, but the seat is so uncomfortable. I can't it's come so to uncomfortable. And I even got those padded shorts that look awful, but I just, <laughs> I literally couldn't do it. I've got yeah. all the gear and I've never gone back. Shame. Mm. I also hate classes, like group classes, where they just shout at you. Yeah. yeah. I it's quite good for your... I don't mind people going. being firm, but more on a one-to-one or like a small group. I hate it in a big, mm. big class. And running, the other point was running, saying if you run too close to the front of the treadmill, although it gives you a feeling of safety, this position inhibits arm swing, which, which can lead to a curved back, give yourself some space. I always run really close to the thing. I'm running going to fall off the back. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I'm always like, yeah, right There's there. some really good tips. I feel like people are into gym classes, they need to find which one applies to them and all the mistakes they're making. Do you read books, Sophie? I used to love reading books, um, but I don't have the time anymore. I've got a stack of them that I've been meaning to read for the past year. And every Sunday, I don't even have time to read the Sunday papers anymore, which is my life's greatest pleasure at the weekend. Um, I literally end up checking them out on a Thursday, having not even opened them. So books are just one of those things I have to do when she goes to nursery, I think. Yeah. And print, Kindle. Do you have a Kindle? I don't, but I think that's the way I'm going to go, because I always used to feel like I preferred magazines, whereas now I'm so used to screens, I think I prefer that. What about you two? Kindle, print? Uh, I don't have a Kindle, but I can see, like, if you're going on like a long trip or something, I mean, and you're going to get through a couple of books, it's, it's ideal, but yeah, I've not bitten the bullet yet. I like the fact you can lie in bed and it's got a light and you don't have to turn pages. I've got so lazy. I was a real kind of print snob, and I got over that, and I mm -hmm. kind of think everyone just has to get over yeah. 
the print or Kindle. Stop oh, it. You're looking at me. You take the I understand it's useful for some people, but I just can't get my head around it. I like having a tangible book. I like turning the pages. I like turning it down. Like, you know, if you've been on the beach and you've got bits of sand in there and it feels like you're properly on holiday. When you just look at a Kindle, I feel like I'm looking, you know, when you get something electric and it's got that kind of shield over the top of it to show you what it would look like with text on it. Mm, I, know I, know I know what you mean. It just looks really fake to me I, and I just can't get my head around it. And maybe it's because I just, I've never used one properly. But for I me, think even print. if I bought one, I would still buy books. Yeah. Yeah. I think coffee table books, but going on holiday and packing books. What is that? I wouldn't take books that, on holiday. That, you buy them at the no, I don't. I just I don't have time. I'm always late. Yeah. I'm always rushing in the airport. I always think I've got loads of time and never do. And I like look at the covers as well. If you've got a Kindle, you don't have the nice covers. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Um, let's talk about UK cities uh, because we wrote a piece on the different cities you can live in in the UK that don't have the high house prices that mm. we have here in London. And this was really interesting. It talked about places to go if you're into tech and digital might be Bristol, they might be Edinburgh. If you're into media, you might go to Manchester, Energy, Glasgow. Um, are there any other cities in the UK you could ever see yourself living in or you've ever toyed with living in? Um, we thought about Edinburgh because um, my husband's from Edinburgh originally um, and I love the property there. You can get such beautiful houses and the prices are much cheaper. But for me, it just wouldn't work because all my projects are in London, so I'd just constantly be travelling up and down. But um, yeah, if I didn't do what I do, I think Edinburgh would be a good one. Yeah, well, I'm with you. I went to Edinburgh University and I loved it. I, just, I couldn't cope with the cold. Mm. It, it's too cold. It, it yeah. just, it would get me, I think. Um, what about you, Lou, Astrid? Well, my family is Scottish as well. Oh. Um, and I used to live in Glasgow and I was very little. So yeah, if it didn't rain the whole time, it would mm. be Glasgow. Yeah, that's true. All our like Scottish listeners are going to be so upset now. They'll be like, it doesn't rain all the time, it's not that cold, but it does. <laughs> Lou? Um, well, I'm from Bristol and probably its biggest advocate. I absolutely love it. And every time I go home, I think, oh, it's so nice. Why don't I live here? Um, so that is definitely on the cards for the future. But Bath as well. Um, my boyfriend and I absolutely love that. I think it's really beautiful yeah. architecture. I said to my husband this morning when he was getting dressed for work, which cities would you like to live in if we didn't live in London? He said, yeah, Bath or Cheltenham. Cheltenham's not mm. a city, Cheltenham's yeah. a town, yeah. but Cheltenham's lovely. Yeah. But yeah, Bath, we went to Bath the other day and we were so walking nice. around and I was like, hmm, what kind of businesses are there around here? Yeah. And he was like, not businesses like Shillup. Yeah. So that was it's really great. And also with the new high-speed train line, I think you can be in London within like 40 minutes or something. Really? It's like so lovely. Yeah. That's where I went to university, actually. Yeah. And I kind of feel like I would love Bath, but you know when you've grown up somewhere, you've been somewhere, you always feel like you want to move on somewhere new? Yeah. I don't think I could live there for that oh, reason. I just associate it. What to go to university? Yeah. What did you study? Um, Spanish and international management. Did so you? nothing to do with interiors. Did you know at university you wanted to be an interior designer? I did. And actually, like you, I wanted to leave early, but I kind of thought, you know, I've got, it was a four-year course and it was on my, I think it was in my final year and I was I went to go and speak to my tutor and he just looked at me as like this would be such a mistake you'd be throwing three years down the drain so I stuck it out and I'm really glad that I did because it's just nice to have that yeah not that I actually use it but I do still speak Spanish that's nice do you mm -hmm. yeah I did French also four years but I tried to leave in my first year and oh. fourth, so anyway I managed to stick it out and do you still speak French mm, badly yeah yeah not proud of my French anymore which is a shame but even my year abroad, I went to Paris and I worked for an international company and a oh. business language. I worked for Coty, which is a BBC company. Everyone spoke English. My boss mm. was German, so yeah. you know, everyone spoke English. Yeah, we get so, so lazy, don't we? Yeah. So I, I came out with good work experience, but yeah. not great French. When people speak to you in English and, and you're sort of preparing yourself, like, okay, I'm going to give it a go, and then they speak to you in English, you're like, damn, is that obvious? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know. Like, I must just have That was the trouble with doing your year abroad in Paris. Is all the Brazilians, the minute you open your mouth, they just speak back to you in English. Yeah, like, I hate that. So like, I know. On the subject of going outside London, London obviously has incredible restaurants, but when it comes to cosy pubs, mm -hmm. you can't beat the country. Mm -hmm. I know you love 
a pub lunch I and a do. walk in the country. I, I always see you on your Instagram yeah. going to lovely places. Where do you recommend to anyone listening for a really nice cosy um, Sunday lunch? My favourite place is the Leckenfield in Petworth. I mean, I Instagram it constantly. It looks like I go nowhere else. Um, but they just have the most gorgeous food, gorgeous interiors. And Petworth, actually, go on a Saturday because all the antique shops are open. And there's a great um, boutique, um, which is actually where I buy a lot of my casual clothes. I think it's called 20 Petworth. So we tend to go for lunch, um, have a couple of glasses of wine, and then hit the shop afterwards and have a really big Clever. <laughs> the Swan Inn in Isha, do you know that one? I've been there a couple of times, that's good. And um, they've got good food. I think the brother who owns it has a Michelin star, so that's always quite promising. It's like there's the three horseshoes in Thursley, um, and it looks nothing to look at, but it's got real fires, and they've got beautiful walks around there. So we go there quite a lot because we take our dog and it's dog friendly. Mm, lovely. God, that's, it's just the nicest way to spend a Sunday, yeah. isn't it? We had on this list the Wheat Sheaf Inn in Cheltenham, which is now part of the Lucky Onion group. It was sold, the guy that started it sold it to them. And that's an awesome pub. I love the Cotswold. I mean, it's good oh, for, the for lunch, yeah. but it's also got rooms. So if you're looking for a night away, mm. I really recommend. I think that's an offering. The Wheat Sheaf. Is it? <laughs> well, it's a great one. What else was on here? And the Greyhound on the test in Stockbridge. Do you know Stockbridge, Sophie? I've never been. I think it? you'd really like it. It's got a couple of really lovely art galleries mm -hmm. and some antique shops. Where is Stockbridge? Then? Stockbridge is Hampshire, okay. I think, but it's a really lovely pub. And again, it's got rooms. It's very far and bald. Mm. It's got delicious food. Um, my in-laws love going to stay there for the night, so I really recommend that one. Any on this list that you two be too? The Beckford Arms in Wiltshire. Oh, yes. It's really nice. They have rooms as well That's if you want to stay to over. Great. Really lovely. Food's delicious. They've got like a really lovely lounge room afterwards that you can just chill in. Really cool bar. Exactly. So, yeah, really nice. Is the wild rabbit on there? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Oh, that's I just love lovely. The interior is there. Literally, we went to stay there and I just ended up taking photos the entire time. Yes, Kevin's so like, yes. get off your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how else do you relax? Sophie, oh, when you're not working. I just don't think I relax that much, actually. I read this question, I was like, how do I relax? I love having a bath. I think a bath or a shower in the evening when I finish work is a good way to switch off from work. I do like cooking when I'm going through my domestic goddess phase. And I'd say the one place where I really relax is um, California. We go there every year um, during the winter for a long extended time. And I think it's the fact that it has a different time zone as well. So often when I go on holiday, I'll take my laptop with me and I'm working. Whereas there, because of the time difference, I actually just, just have can't. I'm forced to switch off and it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's a good point that actually, putting yourself in a different time yeah. zone just makes it impossible. It's literally the only way. Yeah. Um, and what about at the weekends? What does a typical weekend look like? Um, a pub lunch? A walk? So on Saturday, we'll tend to go, this is a recent thing we've started doing now that I'm cooking. We'll go, we'll walk to some of the local farm shops near us. Um, I like to support the local businesses like butchers, fishmongers, and actually, although I prefer it, like, I hate going to the supermarket. I just feel like every time I go, I'm like, oh, is this what my life's come to? It's <laughs> so boring. Whereas going to those... It's called the Cardo, Sophie. Well, I'm not organised now. I'm like Minute.com. How are you not organised? Your home so is spotless. Well, Your office is spotless. Everything I that's basically, that's been delegated is organised so well. All the things that come down to me is just like shopping and cooking is just total chaos and last minute. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, on a Saturday, we like to go to those individual shops. And I just quite like the process and the people are really nice and funny. Um, and then we'll go out for lunch um, to a restaurant. And then Sunday, I tend to do a big roast with Yorkshire puddings, have family round. Oh. And I just make a whole day of it. So we just stay in the house. And it's much easier with Ava as well, because she's got a playroom now, um, to have people round. And then they how is your playroom? I'm longing to see it. It's a work in progress. It? It's definitely not ready for sheer lux to see. <laughs> and you're doing your utility room My utility well. room, yeah. I'm really excited about that. Do you get to a point in your own house where you say, I'm done? Do you think? I'm or are you always tweaking? Is your style always changing? It's not that my style's changing. It's just that when we bought the house, we couldn't afford to do it all how we wanted to do it. So the, sh the utility room was very much a case of um, cheap cabinets. And now I'm giving it my dream utility room, which is exciting. 
Um, and then obviously the dining room became a playroom. So I feel like after that, I'll be done. Do you think modern houses don't need a dining room anymore? Has, has the dining room died to death? I mean, I was so sad to let mine go because it looks beautiful, but it in reality, and what I liked about it was the fact that it had the double doors open from the kitchen into the living room. Um, but in reality, all I ever did was look at it. I never went in there, like yeah. maybe had like two or three dinner parties a year. And when you've got a kid, it's just not really how you live your life. So I feel like for me, it was a waste of space. And I'm really glad that I changed it into a playroom, even though it killed me. And <laughs> it looks horrendous. And I had to just shut the doors at night when they was gone to bed. <laughs> Yeah, and actually it's made our life much more enjoyable because we used to have a little play corner in the kitchen and like we had this amazing house and I would spend my entire time sat on the floor on this little foam mat. I was like, this just isn't living the dream. So now you're eating in the kitchen, which is the modern way. We eat in the kitchen. We always did, yeah. We eat in the kitchen and if it's um if we have like guests around we we have a big table so we sit there and if it's just me and, and my husband we sit at the bar stools. And has your taste changed a lot since you started your business. I mean, I feel like the, the first house I bought, I remember I was really into kind of that French shabby chic look mm -hmm. and my house now is a bit more modern and mm -hmm. I kind of want to do another project. Do you feel like your taste is changing as the years go by? I feel like I'm very, like, I'm always gonna stick true to my ethos of classic contemporary interiors. I, I want to have interiors that will last for like a good five to 10 years. Um, but I think since moving to the country, my, my personal style, not my clients, but my personal style is a bit more rustic. Probably still contemporary by most people's standards. I have a very seamless kitchen, but then I like mixing a few antiques and some wicker baskets. You like your wicker, I was going to say, yeah. you like your wicker baskets. I mean, they are growing by the truckload okay. at the moment because I'm trying to control all the toys. But it's just Ava's favourite thing to do is literally go up to a wicker basket and just chuck stuff out. Tip everything out. Yeah. I know. God, Mimi's like that too. She, I don't know what. She's sort of feral. She's <laughs> gross. I know. She opens the children's wooden kitchen, the Ikea wooden kitchen. Have you got one of those? I'm doing an Ikea hack on it. Are you? Yeah, I was going to do it for Ava's first birthday and it's actually just been sat in my garage because I ran out of time. But um, oh. I've spray painted the cabinets. I've um, put a sticker <laughs> back. Only Sophie has taken the Ikea children's no, kitchen I can't, spray painted I can't it. take credit for it. I found it on Pinterest. Actually, loads of people have done this, so you can find it on Pinterest. But um, there's a sticky back plastic that looks like marble, so I've done that for the worktop. Oh you my would love God, it. it's all green so cute. And then um, the cabinets are gray. <laughs> and then I've spray painted her tap and her handles and like an antique bra. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to do, I'm, I'm on the hunt for some mini wicker baskets because it's got, you know, it's got the shelves above. I'm going to put so some wicker, wicker baskets. Oh, that's so sweet. Stop, stop, yeah. that is just bonkers. Sophie, have you taken pictures of the processes you've been going along? I have. But Please, I, can we run an yeah. article on how you well, hacked IKEAs? Okay. You know IKEA hate hacks. Do they? Yeah. yeah. We contacted them because we've done quite a few IKEA hacks pieces and they do so incredibly well. Yeah. And they, Why would they yeah. hate them? Yeah. Because apparently like, it's all about Scandinavian design and everything's really functional and thought about. And there's like a, such a process in place for all IKEA products that they just can't abide anyone. It's no. such a like neutral base. You'd like to be able exactly. to have it's such exactly. an amazing brand thing for them. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's a real trend. And to be honest, I would only buy it for Ava, but I wouldn't buy it if I couldn't hack it. Yeah. So. Anyway, if you're listening, and you're in the market for a children's kitchen. The IKEA it's children's amazing. kitchen is an absolute. And winner. do you know what else you've got to get? I got. Um, I just went to Waitrose the other day, and they do the mini shopper bags, and I got one for Ava, and she loves it. Oh, sweet. She's actually learning how to tidy up because she just wants to put everything in her bag. At oh, moment, so. happy days. And then John Lewis do and um, the mini Waitrose. Trolley, oh I'm getting my for goodness. I feel like I'm buying it all for myself because she's still too young to appreciate this, but I'm hoping she's going to grow into it. Oh my gosh, she's going to love it. Well, I cannot wait to see the photos of Ava's kitchen. Let's talk about Holiday House. Yes. For anyone listening, it's these two houses developed by a property developer, mm -hmm. and he's partnered with a charity, that's right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so Holiday House is an American charity, and they've done loads of holiday houses, loads of show homes in America, and this is the first time they've come to London. Um, so they found one of the um, people who's heavily involved in the charity lives very close to the properties. So she saw these two properties being developed and approached the developer to ask him if he wanted to take part. And for him, it's obviously a great opportunity. He gets the whole houses designed and furnished. 
Um, and he gets lots of publicity, so I'm sure he was delighted to take part. Yeah, I mean, a pretty smart move. When I yeah. went, it was packed yeah. with kind of very glam women yeah. um, having a nice day out. I feel like there's going to be lots more of them now because I think it's been really successful. And who doesn't want to go exactly. and have a nosy around the house? And the beauty yeah. of it was, I got to see some of my favourite interior designers mm. doing stuff kind of in the flesh, and I loved your kitchen. Thank it's you. a triumph. I mean, it, it really is. Thank you. Stunning. We were so happy with that. God, I'm well. We were like, surprised. it was a case of just go big or go home because yeah. if you're going to make yourself that open to public opinion, you've got to make sure you're doing your absolute best. Well, it was stunning, and that splashback, that antique mirror, is that what you'd call it? Splashback? Um, yeah, it's called Eglamise Mirror. So it's all real um, silver, gold leaf behind, and then he's distressed it a bit. Stuart Fox, he did a great job. It's so incredible. We, yeah. I love that. And it's actually quite practical as well because it hides some of the marks. And yeah, occasionally a smag bowl for my children and it does always splatter up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I yeah, think it's it easy was to wipe well. Thank you. I love a cool and clever splashback and I kind of thought I'd seen them all until I saw that. What have you got in your house? Well, it's funny you should ask because I've just got glass at the moment and I've been umming and ahhing between some, about some herringbone marble. Mm. Um, but I still haven't gone on and done it. I've, um, I keep saying, get on and do it. I'm doing herringbone marble in my utility room. Um, I found an amazing one, Mandarin Stone. Do some gorgeous, like nice, thin herringbone, because a lot of them in America, in um, the UK are quite chunky, um, whereas they've got the very thin herringbone in a grey. And it's quite a good price as well. So Holiday House, has it been a success? Yes. I mean, I think I'd have um, real fear of missing out if we hadn't been asked to take part. So it's been really great to do that and be part of the first one. Um, and it's had some great press, like all the feedback we've had, had loads of people on their Insta stories, Instagram. I checked the cushions in. for you. I knew, <laughs> I knew you were psyching out that your cushions might not be in place. And we got there and I was like, oh no. But as I was signing in, I saw Brett and Anthony had signed in just oh, above yeah. me. And I went, oh, Brett and Anthony here. I was going to say hello. And I went down and they were. Oh, were they not there? I don't know where they were. They were. I think they were aware they were in the building. But they were eating celebrations in the, in the corner. Were they? <laughs> <laughs> Bad for any sweet treats. As long as it doesn't happen in the office, I don't care what they do. The only thing I would I say about your it. kitchen is it wasn't full of pick and mix. There is a kitchen in there. Oh. There's two houses. Oh, yeah. And one is full of pick and mix. I'm I sure. Absolutely Seven. amazing. I don't think that that was actually for people to eat. I think that was more of like a standing accessory. <laughs> I did check before I helped myself. Oh, okay. And he said they'd just be topped up. So oh, okay. Okay. I talked to him, obviously. I we had that. shrimps and white mice. I mean, hello. Ideal. I saw that on your Instagram story and was like, oh my God, Georgie, I have to go. Home. I know. This looks incredible. Just for pick and mix. You could just go to cinema and have some pick and mix. True, true. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, it was great. I thought your kitchen was amazing. I thought Turner Pocock's bedroom. Yeah, I love Turner Pocock. They always do such nice detail. They then. really do. That was stunning. And... My third favourite room would have to be the girls' bedroom. There is this teenage, oh, girls, teenage girls' bedroom, bedroom yeah. with neon lights and got it. It's pink and it's fluffy and it's yeah. just god. It's like every teenage it's, girl's yeah. dream. So if you haven't been to Holiday House, do yeah. You've it literally out. got it's until the tenth of December, so you've got to go quick. You have got a week. Yeah. Well, After Holiday House, what new projects? What are you working on? Um, we've got thirteen projects at the moment, which are all full houses. So that's thirteen. Yeah. We were discussing earlier how many projects you might work on at any one time, and I said maybe three to five. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen's a lot for us. Um, but they're all staggered at different times, so it's you know it's controllable and manageable. Um, but as well as that, I want to do a book, which I'm very much a believer in putting a message out into the universe. And I feel like if you say publicly you're going to do something, you have to do it. So I said. I'm going to do a book, and I'm at the moment. I'm meeting with writers and agents, and and I've met with quite a few other interesting women who've written bestseller books, maybe in different environments, like um, the Figure Magician. I know you met her. Um, she's written some great books, and Nina Campbell, who's a massive deal in interior design, she's written. I think she's about to do her sixth or seventh book. Um, so they've all been giving me loads of advice. So that's the one thing that I'd really like to do because I feel like. A lot of people want my advice, and I just can't reply to everyone's individual questions. It's not possible. So I'd like to, my first book. I'd like to do a sort of coffee table book, like a sort of portfolio, but more of the stories behind the interiors and some little tips. 
Um, and then eventually I'm going to do a book which gives career advice. So I feel like there's definitely a gap in the market for that. I would love to buy it if someone else did one. So, so would I, Sophie. I'd like to buy both of those books. Yeah. So now you've said it, yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah. Sophie, thank you so it's much for joining us today. Us. And thanks for joining us all week. It's been an amazing week. It's not over yet. We've got lots more content to come. If you haven't been following, then visit showlux.com and check out some of the articles that we have collaborated with Sophie on. That's it for this week. If you have any feedback, then do email podcast at showlux.com. And do please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. See you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.